here's a quote from our next guest and an article he wrote recently in Post Media across Canada. Quote, when critics get silenced, policies will most likely become more misguided and short-sighted in the future, which is what we're seeing now. To support a roadmap for better food policies, we need to protect critics who are often vehemently quashed by the masses on social media. The critics stand no chance right now. This under a heading, uh, extremes make bad food policies. And it was written by our next guest, and it's always a pleasure to say good morning and welcome back to Canada's food professor, Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, joining us from the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University in Halifax. Sylvain, good morning. Welcome back, sir. Well, thank you. It's good to have you with us. Talk to us a little bit about this this uh, column you wrote in the other uh, the other day in the nation's newspapers. When critics get silenced, policies will most likely become more misguided and short-sighted. You're coming out swinging on behalf of those critics of food policy who are being, as you say, quashed by social media. Dig into it for us, Sylvain. What are you talking about here? Oh yeah, no, it's uh, I'm very concerned these days. I'm looking at the world of two extremes. Uh, let's start with Europe. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of what's going on in, in the Netherlands. The Netherlands is uh, a, an agri-food powerhouse. Not sure your listeners know, but uh, after the United States, the Netherlands export the most food in the world. Hmm. It's, it's a powerhouse. And but now the government actually wants uh, farmers to meet uh, very aggressive targets, um, gas emission targets by 2030, which, in essence, it would basically force farmers either out of business, but they would have to really scale back some of their operations, uh, which could obviously jeopardize food security, not only for uh, the Netherlands, but other countries also. So you can you can see that the environmentalist activists are really winning the battle, silencing, you know, what I would argue to to be the best environmental stewards in the world, farmers, farmers themselves. They actually know how to take care of the land. They actually make a living out of the land they uh, they they use. The uh, same with livestock, and they're absolutely being silenced. On the other uh, end of the spectrum is right here in Canada, just. This week, we learned that millions of liters of milk were dumped in Quebec as a result of a strike. And that's due to uh, the supply management regime that we have. Farmers have no other options but to dump milk. And there's anywhere between 100 uh, to 300 million liters of milk dumped every single year. And supply management was designed not to waste anything. And, of course, Really, what happens is that farmers just dump because they're compensated eventually for that milk. We all pay for that milk, so there's no incentive for them to do anything. So you can see that. And, and of course, every time you criticize supply management in Canada, dairy farmers, the most powerful lobby in the country, will go after you. Mm-hmm. will go after any dissenting voices. So you can see that really right now uh, you're seeing ex- extremes winning and dictating how food policy should look like. 
let's uh, let me come back to the Dutch farmers for a minute because you make an excellent point there, and this is about climate change affecting food policy to the point where in the Netherlands the government wants farmers to reduce nitrogen emissions, which means in practical terms their their ability to use fertilizers effectively. And the reason that you bring this point out in your newspaper article the other day is because the Trudeau government in Canada wants to reproduce those rules for the Dutch farmers, and they're not happy. There's all sorts of massive protests going on across the Netherlands right now as farmers who have never been asked about this have had this order imposed on them. It's about to happen to Canadian farmers who I understand have also never been asked to input into this food policy change. Is that the case? Are Canadian farmers going to be asked to reduce fertilizer? Well, that's the thing. It's only in the works in Canada, and I actually didn't mention on Twitter, well, you see what's going on in the Netherlands, the protests and everything else. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Canada's next, really. And if Canada's next, again, you're compromising our ability to become a, an agri-food superpowerhouse. You're, you're basically scrapping all the effectiveness out of the system, and farmers will be struggling. I mean, we're just not there. And I understand why we need to do this, but at the end of the day, there are, there are low-hanging fruits of the government, airlines or other, other sectors that are, have nothing to do with food security that do pollute quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure, and especially right now when you're looking at Ukraine and everything that's going on there, uh, we're facing a global, global food security crisis. And here we are, we have uh, Western world government just focusing on, on garment, carbon emissions, which is, which is really an important cause. But when it comes to food, you have to really balance things out as much as possible. Sylvain, you're very conscious at all times of global food security issues. And so for your comment, I understand that the uh, Ukraine, which they refer to many in many cases as the breadbasket of Europe, if the Dutch are the most successful farmers, especially when it comes to dairy and so on, the Ukrainians are the most successful when it comes to grains and so on. And because of the war in Ukraine, food production is virtually halted. And the, the area of the world that is likely to suffer the most is the area we think about the least, and that's Africa. Tell us more. Yeah. Africa is really desperate, uh, and frankly, because of of the deficit we'll see out of the Ukraine and Russia, uh, Northeast Africa will suffer, even some parts of the Middle East will will suffer this year. As Canadians, we're we're not going to see famine, but of course, prices are going up, and and of course, people are of notice. But in, in Northeast Africa, it's going to be a disaster. Millions of people will suffer from hunger, more so than now, as a result of everything that's going on. And here we are trying to save the planet when it comes to carbon emissions. And, and the same goes with the Netherlands. It's, it's important to listen to everyone, but to silence the experts, to silence the farmers, to silence people that actually understand how to grow food, is, I think d- won't lead us to better... Uh, more comprehensive food policies in Canada, and that's exactly what we're seeing right now. Uh, and the uh, and so, how quickly do you expect this uh, uh, this order uh, to be uh, official in Canada? The same redu- the climate change driven uh, directive to Canadian farmers to reduce emissions in the form of nitrogen, which translates to fertilizer. How soon do you expect that to be formally introduced? 
so we we do have a, a an official coalition, I guess, between the Liberals and the NDP. We're not going to be facing an election until at least 2025, yeah. which gives the current government plenty of time to do this, to implement this. This is this is the window we have right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great article. Uh, I'm glad that you were able to uh, be uh, able to join us this weekend. It's always a pleasure to have you aboard, and you make very good points. I'm going to commend your article. The article, by the way, is in any of the post media newspapers across Canada. Extremes make bad food policies. By our guest, Dr. Sylvain Chardebois from the Agri Food uh, Analytics Lab at uh, Halifax's Dalhousie University. Thanks so much, Sylvain. Always a pleasure sir have a great weekend you too bye-bye hi it's shauna and i might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables hey it's ryan and i might be a bad parent because i went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth johnny here i might be a bad parent because in my house the tooth fairy gives pocket change but we're not alone len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital and andy left his two-year-old at the rink All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.